Money can't buy you happiness, but poverty can't buy us anything. Hello everyone, welcome back to On Purpose. I am so happy, so grateful that you're here every single week to learn, to grow, to make a difference in your life and in the lives of others. We're building a conscious community of change makers. All of you want to change your own life and change the lives of others and make impact in this world. You're definitely in exactly the right place. Thank you for sharing your insights, your takeaways, the principles you're learning from these episodes on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. I'm always looking out to learn from what you're learning. And make sure you've subscribed and rated this podcast. We now have thousands of five-star reviews, which means so, so much to me. And today's episode is going to be incredible. It's going to be super tactical, practical, and applicable to each and every one of our lives, because it's all about the eight ways we waste money and eight ways to manage it better. Now, I know what you're thinking. Don't turn off right now. We've all wasted money. Me too. In my life, I've made so many bad money decisions. And that's why I thought it was important to put this at the forefront of our minds. The incredible thing is, I'm sure you've got something lying around in your house, maybe an object, maybe an item of clothing, maybe a gadget, maybe some sort of tech that cost a lot of money and it's still sitting there gathering dust. You've never worn it. You've never used it. You couldn't return it for whatever reason. And you look at it and it pains you as to how much money was wasted on it. It might even be an embarrassing piece of clothing that once upon a time you thought was the coolest thing to have. And now you wouldn't even get near. The truth is we all have money habits, good or bad. We all have money habits. We all have a relationship with money. What we feel about money, what we think about money builds our relationship with money. If our belief is all always, I don't have enough. Or if our belief is always, I'm always struggling for money, that becomes our relationship with money, just as we have a relationship with other people. And so today I want to share with you the eight ways we all manage to waste money and eight things we can actually do about it. Now, I want you to think about this. I'm asking you this question. Do you feel you manage your money well, or is there room for improvement? And I want you to think about it, yes or no. Do you manage your money well or is there room for improvement? Now, the truth is there's room for improvement for each and every one of us. So what I'm about to share with you is based on research from the financially successful and the financially weak. You will be able to spot, learn and grow based on the numbers and statistics I share where your biggest money weaknesses are and how you can transform them into your strengths. I want this to be super reflective, introspective and a safe space for you to really think about your money challenges. See, it's hard to talk about money. You can't just bring it up with a friend. And if you are, it's just maybe complaining. It's not getting good advice. So here are eight principles that I think will make a big difference. Now, number one, this is super, super, super important. It took me years to start thinking in this way. And I wish I started a lot earlier. Make sure you save before you spend not the other way around. Make sure you save before you spend, 
not the other way around. When you get your paycheck, what's the first thing you think of? Now, for most of us, it's knowing that thing we want to buy. Maybe we want to go for a weekend away. Maybe we've got an evening out planned. Maybe we've got dinner planned. And every month with spending before we save. Knowing how much you want to save every month and making that the first decision with your paycheck is the most proactive and powerful thing you can do for a financially successful future. And this was the quote from Warren Buffett. Do not save what is left after spending. Spend what is left after saving. I'll repeat that from Warren Buffett. Do not save what is left after spending. Spend what is left after saving. It sounds so basic. It sounds so obvious, but so many of us don't do it. It's something that so many of us ignore because we think, yeah, I'm going to have something left at the end of the day and I'll save whatever I save after I've spent what I need for the month. Even if you think it's a small, insignificant amount, everything adds up. Over years, everything adds up. It all makes a difference. People who are happy with their money habits save 20% of their net income. That's one thing to think about. Are you saving 20% of your net income up to 20%? You may have started by saving 5%. You may have started by saving 10%. You may have started by saving 15%. But the people who are extremely happy with their money habits are saving 20% of their net income and 80% is being spent. Really think about your finances and see how that number works for you. Again, it's something to work towards. This is an ideal. It's not where you need to be right now. It's something that we're working towards. There was a time in my life where I was working and I was saving far less than that, probably 1% of my net income. And so there were times in my life where it just wasn't possible. Things were harder, things were tougher, but I always knew I was working towards that. So Business Insider wrote this great piece about how you can build a million dollar retirement account by the age of 65. And for simplicity, all the calculations assume a 12% annual return and don't take taxes into account. But starting age 20, you want to daily save $2 a day. That's $61 a month and that's $730 a year. Then at 25, you want to save $3.57 a day and monthly savings of $109 and then yearly saving of $1,304. It's small amounts. At 30, you want to start saving $6.35 a day. At 35, you want to save $11.35 a day. At 40, you want to save $20.55 a day. At 45, you want to save $38 a day. At 50, you want to save $73.49 a day. And at 55, you want to save $156.12 every single day. And if you think about it, it's natural in that time for your salary to rise. It's natural for that time for your business to grow. So this becomes very normal to exponentially start increasing the amount that you're saving. Test it out, think about it, and go and search it online and you'll find the graphic that I'm talking about. It doesn't matter how much you save, just that you start doing it. You start the process. Because even if you right now think, oh, it's only roughly three pounds a day, it's only $3 a day, that's not a lot of money. Even if I saved $30 a month, what, you know, how would that make any impact? You know, over the year, that's not a lot of money, right? How's that going to make a big difference in my life? Well, well, listen to this about what it can do the other way around. One of the biggest ways we waste money 
one of the biggest ways that we spend money before saving it is random coffees add up. How many of us are waiting in queues or maybe now you're cool and you have the app and you order your Starbucks in advance. How many of us are wasting a significant amount of money daily on coffees? Now listen to this really, really carefully. Millennials are spending more money on coffee than their retirement plans. Now listen to this. According to reports from Acorn's Money Matters, 41% of nearly 2,000 millennials surveyed admitted to spending more on their morning brew than contributing to... And it's not just coffee where us millennials are making poor financial decisions. The survey says that just 5% of young millennials are saving at all. And according to the report, the average American spends approximately $1,100 a year or $3 a day on coffee. Just think about that. Just the expense of $3 a day on coffee in a year would be $1,100. Now, I'm not telling you to give up your coffee. The point I'm trying to make is saving $3 a day is impactful. How amazing would it be to have an extra $1,100 at the end of the year if you just save $3 a day? So don't think about saving big or saving small. Too many people say to themselves, I'll save when I make more money. When I'm making a bigger salary, that's when I'll save more money. It doesn't work like that. When you save the little you have, you will save when you have more. When we take care of what we're given, we get more to take care of. When we're grateful for what we have, we receive more to be grateful for. So principle number one is do not save what is left after spending. Spend what is left after saving. That's point number one. Point number two, this can be a challenging one and I've often really struggled with one, but people who are happy with their money habits are spending no more than 25% on rent. Now, if you live in a big city, I know how tough this is. When I first moved to New York, I was probably spending over 50% of my net income on rent, right? It was an extortionate amount. So I've been in that position where I've been way off this number. I was double this number. But again, it's something to work towards. One of the things we can recognize, and I do believe this is important, we need to live in places and spaces that are inspiring. But that doesn't mean that we're living in our dream home on day one. It could mean that we get a smaller place, but actually have access to purchase more things that make us excited in the space. It could be possible that you're able to create an environment inside the space that's inspiring and uplifting. So I know that this number isn't going to be a number that we're going to get to straight away. It's taken me a long time to get to this number, but I would say that it's something to aim for. It's an ideal. So many of us are spending an extortionate amount on rent, and I get it. It's just the way the market is, but it's something to think about. It's something to be aware of. Ask yourself, is the space right now making a big difference to your emotional, mental health? If it is, incredible. But if it's causing you pain financially and that's creating more stress and more anxiety, think about that balance. So I've been in places sometimes where the space I've lived in has been good for my mental health and even though it's expensive, I'm okay with it. But there have been times when actually that balance is tipped. And now that financial commitment creates an anxiety and a stress and a pressure. Know where you are on that spectrum. Remember, these are averages and ideals, but everyone is different. And I want you to find the one that works for you. 
That was point number two. Now, point number three. People who are happy with their money habits spend no more than 15% on food. Now, I've got to throw something out here. I truly believe that your health and wellness is one of the biggest investments that you can make. Your health and wellness based on your food, what you put into your body, your exercise, your activity, your movement, this is one of the best paying investments. It's one of the best focuses for your long-term growth. And remember this, wellness can be expensive, but it's a lot cheaper than illness. An investment in your well-being is far more important. If you don't spend money on your wellness, you'll have to spend money on your illness. Now, food is actually becoming a big cost point for so many people because we're eating out. And eating out isn't necessarily the most healthiest way of eating either. So it's still a place that we can cut our cost. The average spending on eating out from millennials aged 25 to 34 is around $3,500, right? Under 25s are spending around $2,362 a year on eating out. Gen X actually spend a lot more, 4,249 aged 35 to 44. And those aged 45 to 54 are spending about just over $4,000. The theme here is still critical. If you're spending money on healthy, organic produce that's having a big impact on your mental and physical health, that's amazing. That's the best investment you can make. It's something that I remember learning from my mom. We didn't have a lot growing up, but my mom would always tell me, do not compromise on eating healthy food. Do not compromise on your health. And I think those values have really stayed with me and made a big difference. So even at times when I was struggling financially or things weren't going in the right direction, my health was something I tried to never compromise on because your health is the only way anything else is going to happen. Make sure you focus on spending that money on the right type of food. If you're eating out fast food every day, junk food, any sort of food that's been sitting around for days, reheated, that's not the kind of food you want to be consuming. Remember, wellness can be expensive, but it's a lot cheaper than illness. Point number four, spend no more than 10% on entertainment. The research shows that financially successful people spend no more than 10% of their net income on entertainment. And that's because of point number eight, which I'll share with you shortly. Point number five is spend no more than 5% on vacations. Now, again, if your vacations are your way of growing, your way of learning, your way of feeling like you're experiencing life, that's amazing. But there are so many great deals out there. There are so many great ways of saving money out there on incredible experiences. So definitely think about how you can save in other areas if this is an area you want to increase. You may say to me, Jay, I really want to travel. I really want to explore the world. Well, then this is something worth saving for. This is something worth putting money aside for. Now, the sixth one is not necessarily a money habit, but it's something that I think will affect your money mindset. This one is give a few hours a week of your time in charity. It may be one hour, it may be three hours, it may be five hours. And you may be saying, Jay, I could be spending that time making more money. Well, actually, investing this time will give you more gratitude, 
It'll give you more perspective. It will boost your mental health. It will give you lots more confidence. It will uncover your passions, potentially your purpose. Giving your time and more importantly, your energy and your skills to serve others in need can potentially be the best investment of your life. When we invest our time and energy in helping others, we uncover our skills, we uncover our strengths, we uncover our passions. That's how I found mine. When I was organizing events to share wisdom with people, when I was organizing food distribution programs to serve people who were homeless and didn't have access to food or young children who didn't have access to education, I started to uncover my passion. We find ourselves when we lose ourselves in the service of others, is what Gandhi said. I'll repeat that. We find ourselves when we lose ourselves in the service of others. This can be an incredible mindset tip to change our money mindset, to grow our money mindset, and to uncover strengths, skills, and service opportunities that will help us in the long run. Number seven, this is really, really important. Don't gamble. 77% of those who struggle financially are gambling. The truth is statistics show poor people gamble much more than others. Multiple studies show, including from Florida Family Policy Council, as well as University of Buffalo Research Institute on Addictions, that very low-income households have an almost 100% higher rate of gambling than the general population. They tend to use the lotto much more, go to casinos a little more frequently, and wager money in other ways. The rate of addiction to gambling is so much higher. Now, it's obvious why. The desire to get out of pain quickly, the desire for an instant relief, the desire for a quick breakthrough. But the truth is, what it's slowly doing is making you poorer and poorer and poorer. What it's slowly doing is taking away your wealth. It's not a good financial investment. And gambling has been shown to be addictive, just like taking drugs. And 7% of people feel that they want to stop gambling or taking part in the lottery, but it should be a lot higher because that same addictive drug-like feeling is making you do it again and again and again, despite the fact that you're losing again and again and again. It's only a path to losing more and more wealth, mental stability, and confidence. It doesn't come with anything. Now, it may give you a tribe. It may give you a group of people that like to do the same thing. Apart from that false sense of community, it can be an extremely damaging thing for your family, for your children, for so many people around you. 77% of those who struggle financially are gambling. Stop that habit. Start investing. Now, one of the biggest reasons why people struggle to invest in that scenario is a lack of role models. That's one of the biggest reasons why the people who gamble keep gambling. So all of us, this applies to all of us. Even if you're sitting here listening, Jay, I don't gamble. This is something for you as well. We have to start finding role models who use their money well. Guess what? There's plenty of rich people who've gone completely bankrupt and broke as well because they spent it all on penthouses, parties, cars, and all the rest of it right? There's plenty of stories of people who are multi-millionaires who wasted it all. This is not about spending time with rich people. This isn't about spending time with people who drive fancy cars. This is about spending time with people who have positive money habits. 
Just as if you want to be mindful, meditative, balanced and centered, you have to spend time with people who operate on a higher frequency. If you want to manage money effectively, you have to spend time with people who spend money wisely. If you want to spend your money well, spend your time with people who spend money well. If you want to invest your money well, invest your time with those who invest money well. You may not have money to invest yet, but you have time and energy to invest. And where you place that can make a huge difference. And that's why point number eight, the last one that I waited to share with you, is so, so powerful. The people who are happy with their financial and money habits spend 10 to 25% of their net income on personal growth. Books, courses, coaching programs, mentoring, training, skills. This is what the financially happy and successful are spending their money on. They did this on the way up and they've maintained it. And 69% of people who struggle financially are bad communicators, have low emotional intelligence, and are bad at persuasion and negotiation. These, again, are great skills of people who are going to be happy with their money habits. So investing 10 to 25% of your net income on personal growth, on education, however you see it, can help you continue to grow your financial goals. And see, here's the thing. I'm really clear about this. Money can't buy you happiness, but poverty can't buy us anything, right? Money can't buy us happiness, but poverty can't buy us anything. And therefore it's important that we have our finances in order. They aren't the be all and end all of everything. Finances will not buy you meaning. Finances will not buy you purpose, but they give you a strong foundation to move forward on. And that doesn't mean you have to be a millionaire or a billionaire. It just means being good with your money. And this is the important consideration that the financially happy and financially successful make. They are spending more time on reading, listening to audiobooks, reading education-related material, more on personal development, the biographies of successful people surrounding themselves by those role models. It's so, so significant. So I just want to give you a quick recap on my eight ways to manage money better. Number one, make sure you save before you spend, not the other way around. Remember Warren Buffett, do not save what is left after spending, spend what is left after saving. What's those little expenses like coffees and day-to-day -day tickets? The number two piece of advice is spend no more than 25% on rent. Remember I said that's an ideal, that's a metric. I was doubled at at one point in my life. It's something to aim towards. Number three, no more than 15% on food with the caveat. Wellness can be expensive, but it's a lot cheaper than illness. Your health and wellness is probably the best investment you can make, physical and mental. Trust me on that one. Number four, spend no more than 10% on entertainment because of point number eight. Number five, spend no more than 5% on vacations. But if you want experiences and exploring, save for this. Number six, five hours of your time every week to give to charity, for growth, for gratitude, for perspective. Number seven, don't gamble. It's addictive. It can take you down the wrong road. And number eight, 10% to 25% of your net income on personal growth, courses, coaching, and ways to make yourself better. Why? Because that's going to help you grow every other area of your life. That includes going to the gym, 
That includes having a therapist, it includes having a coach, includes being a part of a community that's helping you grow. That has to be a huge priority for every single one of us. And these things are so easy to forget. We get so lost and dealing with our money seems scary. We get scared of thinking about money. We get scared of looking at money. It can be a point of anxiety for all of us, but it has to stop being anxiety and start being a priority. Move your money mindset from anxiety to priority with these eight principles today. Share the ones that really stuck out for you. Test them this week, test them this month, test them this year. Feel the difference in your life when you start taking a control of your financial situation. I really, really hope that this has been useful. I really hope it's been practical and applicable to each and every one of you. There are so many great books out there as well. Go and find the ones that make a big difference in your life and figure out how you can build this foundation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of On Purpose. Make sure you share it, share what you've learned, share what made you grow and share what you're experimenting with. Remember, these are ideas that I want you to experiment with, play with and learn from. This is your journey. I'm just facilitating it. I'm helping you grow. Thank you for trusting me. Thanks for being here. I'm so, so grateful. I'll see you very, very soon on the next episode of On Purpose. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're going to share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to On Purpose. Let me know. Post it. Tell me what a difference it's making in your life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this incredibly conscious community we're creating of purposeful people. You're now a part of the tribe, a part of the squad. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Thank you.